On today's episode of Locked On Lightning, we got John Chick once again from Locked On Rangers. We're talking about the, the series as a whole, as well as the t- game, the series tying win from the other night. All that more, but first, let's play that music. Your Locked On Lightning, your daily podcast on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's another crossover episode of Locked On Lightning and Locked On Rangers. And if you are listening and paying attention, we played our music from Locked On Lightning, so you know we're coming off a lightning win. I'm Adam Danker of Locked On Lightning, and today joining me for the crossover is none other than host of Locked On Rangers, John Chick. Now, John, I have to ask you, how are you feeling? You were up 2-0 in the series. Uh, and, and I have to say just this out of my own personal uh, enjoyment, because a lot of your fans... Ranger fans have taken the pleasure. I don't know if you've seen it or not. Have taken the pleasure of 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 reaching out to me not only on Twitter but as well as YouTube. And and now that we're tied in the series, all I'm hearing is crickets. But how are you well, feeling though? <laughs> yeah, I mean, first of all, Adam, let me just say I am absolutely shocked that one fan base would you know give the other fan base a hard time <laughs> after going up two games to none here. But uh, you know, be that as it may, I mean, look, it does feel like a little bit of a missed opportunity. Obviously, the Rangers are up two games to nothing, and they have an opportunity in game three to really take this series by the throat, and they're up two to nothing in that game, a couple of power play goals, and it just wasn't meant to be. And, you know, with all that said, I I still do feel good. You know, this Ranger team has been very resilient all year. They've been excellent at Madison Square Garden in the playoffs. They got uh, still with the home ice advantage. They're going home for game five, and they haven't been defeated in the playoffs at home since game one against Pittsburgh, and even that took three overtime periods. So uh, I'm still feeling good, but... It is hard not to feel like, uh, you know, the Rangers didn't miss an opportunity, especially in game three when they had that two-goal lead. Now, granted, they're playing the Tampa Bay Lightning. A two-goal lead is like nothing, but still, you, know, you had a chance to, to really, uh, you know, take the upper hand there, just weren't able to do it. But, you know, series on, you know, we, we're kind of where I think I probably would have thought we would be at the start of this series. I think maybe I would have seen, you know, a split in New York followed by a split in Tampa rather than the home team winning all four games. But be that as it may, you know, we got a we got a best of three here. And uh, that's why we do this, man. It's always a ton of fun. Yeah, it is a ton of fun. And and, and really, it, I you have to admire from the Tampa Bay side of things just how good this young Ranger team is, especially that kid line. And, and, and as well as the performance from Igor Shosturkin and. And it, I'm still surprised, I mean, given everything that we've seen. And, and it's been no really surprise in terms of how well Igor Shosturkin has played. But the fact that we're here going into game five with, I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. Igor Shosturkin has been the better goaltender stats-wise. Now, there's been moments where Vasilevsky has shown his playoff uh, performance, his Conn Smythe-worthy performances from years past. Uh, what has surprised you? Uh, I mean, you've watched this guy all season long, so there really shouldn't be any surprises. But has there been any surprises with with Igor throughout this series? I mean, for me at least, it's 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 really just his ability to to really weather the storm. And and I think just from my perspective, that's because he's so young and he's still very much early on and, and premature into his his NHL career. Do you feel any sort of surprise with Shesterkin? 
Not really. I learned pretty quickly, uh, you know, after Igor Shesterkin made his debut, and of course he put up just video game-like numbers in both the KHL and the AHL, and you know, there's no guarantees that everything's going to translate perfectly to the NHL, but when you're putting up a goals against average of like one, like literally one on the dot, I mean, that's impressive no matter what level of hockey it is, and you know, the Rangers have always been high on him and, uh, you know, thought that he was going to be a franchise-type goalie, Uh, so no, I'm not too surprised by anything. Uh, As far as you know, this past game, game four, I wouldn't even put really, I wouldn't say any of the goals on him. I mean, a couple of them maybe were stoppable, but when you look at the three goals that Tampa scored, not counting the empty netter at the end, um, you know, all of them were the result of like second chance opportunities or Tampa just flat out outworking the Rangers. And that's one thing that was disappointing about this game for me is I thought there were just too many instances in this game where unlike games one and two, where I thought the Rangers were outworking Tampa, Tampa kind of outworked the Rangers, and it led directly to goals in multiple instances there. So, uh, again, I got no issue with anything that Igor Shesterkin has done in these last couple of games here. Um, he he looks every bit the part of the player that he was in the regular season, and uh, I think he's going to be just fine going forward. And obviously, you know, both these goalies, Adam, they're going to have a huge say in what happens the rest of the way and certainly in Game 5 here as well. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and I picked up on something in the last game that I'm curious if if you saw it as well. And, and I was saying on my last episode that maybe this is something that we'll see more more of from Tampa in Game Five. Is a lot of uh, the three of those four goals, obviously the fourth one being the empty netter, but three of those goals were all on Shesterkin's left side, on his catching glove side. Do you think that was has was that has that been an issue at all this year with with Shesterkin being a little bit weak on his left side? Just because you you had the the first goal and, and then the game winner by Palat, almost identical. Uh, there, uh, well, in in the previous game, but then you kind of right. saw it here as well, um, a little bit here and there. Has that something that you've seen throughout the season that's been a little bit of a concern, point of concern for you? No, I don't think so. I haven't really noticed any glaring weakness as far as you know a certain percentage of goals that he gives up being on this side or that side or yeah. top shelf or five hole or whatever it might be. Um, but they did actually show a stat on ESPN last night, and it's something that I think subconsciously I was aware of, but hadn't really thought about it that much. And that is the Igor has now allowed, and there was at least one in last night's game. I believe it was the second goal by Kucherov. Igor's now allowed, I think it's 12 five-hole goals so yeah. far in this playoffs. And they made a big deal about, well, that's more than any other goalie. Now, obviously, we can all figure out that that's because the Rangers, in part, have played more games than anybody else. Yeah. Uh, ESPN maybe can't quite think that deeply, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, you know, there's been a couple of times where on breakaways this this uh, throughout this postseason, uh, certain players have been able to open him up a little bit and get through the five hole. And we saw Kucherov do that uh, in this game last night. And, you know, throughout the regular season, I'm so used to seeing Igor. You know, I mentioned this on my last episode, but anytime anybody's going in one-on-one with Igor on a breakaway, you know, I'd sit there and I'd think, yeah, good luck, buddy. You know, ha- have fun with this because he's going to stop you. But uh, yeah, he's he's given up a couple of breakaway goals in this one. Obviously, Kucherov, a phenomenal player, did a great job there, you know, exploding up the center of the ice and scoring that goal. Uh, but if there's any weakness uh, as far as, you know, a certain uh, spot, where he's you know susceptible to giving up a goal, I would actually say five hole more so than the uh, than the glove hand. And I actually, Adam, I want to turn that around on you as well because uh, the Rangers, the first two games, it seemed like they really uh, you know made it part of their game plan to go high blocker on Vasilevsky, and we saw him give up a couple of those in the first two games. Is that his weakness, or was that just kind of a fluke? I mean, any thoughts on that? Uh, I I think it depends on the night, you know. It, we we've seen throughout the season we've we've seen different versions of Andre Vasilevsky. We've seen the Andre Vasilevsky that we all know, the 
greatest goaltender on the planet, the guy who has won the Smythe and in years past Vezina trophy. And then there's other nights where we see the Andre Vasilevsky that we saw early on in the Toronto Maple Leaf series where he just doesn't look like he has it for whatever reason. I always like to equate it to the scene in Space Jam where all the NBA players uh, get their talent sucked out. Um, (laughs) And and it's more so kind of like that. But uh, I don't think that's really, really something that has been a concern for us as Lightning fans and people that watch Andre Vasilevsky on a nightly basis. I, I just think it's one of those things where really the best way, you know, and, and I've spoken about this pretty much almost in every playoff series is that really what it comes down to is, and it doesn't matter where you shoot the puck on him. Um, the thing he's always had trouble with has been traffic in front. I, I mean, you saw it early on in this series and you saw it a little bit and especially in the, in the Maple Leaf series. And I, and I think that's something that the, the Rangers did very well in the first two games and, and something they kind of almost, I wouldn't say shy away from, but they kind of got away from in, in the previous game. And, and, and that was surprising given, and I was saying to myself afterwards, like anytime it's, Anytime you win a game, obviously, John, it's a good thing. You know, any anytime you could say you scored more goals than the opposing team in, in a hockey game is obviously a good thing. But I didn't think that the Rangers or the Lightning particularly played better than each other. I felt like, uh, and maybe you had this sense as well, it, it kind of felt like we were a, a, an unlucky bounce or two away from going into overtime here and there, regardless of, you know, if you, if you, I don't even view empty netters as actual goals in my book. I think the Lightning won this game 3 1 because it's such a cheap goal. But did you kind of feel that as well? Because I felt like at some point, especially halfway through the second period, whether you're looking at the score or not, I didn't feel like the Lightning really had a, a particularly tight grasp on this game. Did you feel like that as well? See, I actually kind of felt the opposite. I, I felt like they kind of, uh, for the most part, were in control of this game. And, you know, with Vasilevsky, yeah. uh, this is something that I mentioned on my most recent episode as well. Um, he, you know, he ends up stopping 34 or 35 shots. And, you know, you might hear that stat and say, oh, man, you know, if you didn't see the game, you might think, oh, the Andre Vasilevsky show, you know, he must have been staying on his head. And, you know, granted, he made some really nice saves here and there. But this wasn't like an Andre Vasilevsky steals the show kind of a game. I didn't think at least. I thought for the most part, uh, Tampa did a really nice job defensively. And yeah, the Rangers had 35 shots on goal. But for me, at least, it it didn't really feel like it. I I thought for the Rangers, it was kind of quality over, uh, excuse me, quantity over quality. There weren't a ton of dangerous scoring opportunities for the most part in this game. And of course, the Rangers still kind of scuffling to do much of anything 5v5. They haven't scored an even strength goal in either of these last two games. So that's an issue. And uh, we'll see if maybe they... uh, you know, end up shuffling the deck a little bit, going with some different line combinations. And, you know, obviously we'll see if Stroman Heedle can play uh, in the next game as well. That's going to be huge either way for the Rangers. Yeah, definitely uh, Heedle. He's he's definitely a guy that uh, Tampa fans have have quickly learned the name of. Uh, but yeah, definitely a good effort by both teams, especially Andre Vasilevsky. And, and I bet, even though Vazzy won't admit it, but I think he drank his his athletic greens before the game, John. And, and He must have. Uh, and and funny, funny thing enough, they're one of our sponsors. So, uh, and and the best thing, you know, anybody could take these, whether you're Andre Vasilevsky, whether you're Dylan Strom, whether you're Mikhail Sergachev or you're Keandre Miller, it's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free gluten, or you eat nothing like Nathan McKinnon. Uh, this is the, 
the, the, the powder just for you. I drink it every morning before I have anything else because it's great for gut health. It feels like to me, I get that sudden natural burst of energy uh, with my first cup of the morning. And it's a pet, it supports better sleep quality and recovery, so supports mental clarity. That's something you and I both need, especially with a lot of these late night playoff games. And the best part about it is that it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than that cold brew habit. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership of your health and pick the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So we'd like to thank from Locked On New York Rangers as well as Locked On uh, Lightning. We both like to thank you, John and I, for making us your first listen of the day, your first watch of the day if you're watching us on YouTube. And make sure and go ahead and follow and subscribe both shows on social media. Go ahead and follow the shows on our YouTube channels as well. Uh, and, and especially you Ranger fans, go ahead and please keep commenting on the videos because I, I, I think, you know, as much as I love hearing back from my listeners, I, I just think the hatred and, and the mockery, the fake mockery, uh, it sustains me, John. I, I really love it. I really love it. I live for it almost at this point. So we're talking about uh, the next game, uh, and, and, and it's and it's always the, the the mantra, you know, just do your job, go in there. And, and you, the the Rangers are a little banged up. Uh, you got Dylan Strom out of the lineup as well as a couple of other guys, and and, and I believe it was Lingren that it was also banged up in the last game as well. Uh, what can you what can you say about the current status of those guys? Well, with Lindgren, I mean, he's been banged up the entire playoffs. And, yeah. you know, he's pretty much been playing her. It feels like every game he has to, not every game, but a lot of the games in, in the second and third rounds here, he's had to come out of, you know, for at least a, a couple of minutes. And then uh, he just kind of guts it out and goes back out there. I mean, the one game, he couldn't even put any weight on his one leg. And I think he only missed about five minutes, jumped back out there and, and seemed good to go. Um, as far as uh, Ryan Strom is concerned, he... Tried to give it a go last night. He was out there during, you know, the the skate around before the game and, you know, was really testing himself, trying to skate hard and just wasn't able to go. And I think, you know, on one hand, you'd love to see these guys gut it out if they can. But Ryan Strom, he, he's tough. He, he'd be out there if he could be. And I don't think you want a situation where, you know, Strom plays the first five minutes and then he can't go the rest of the game. And now you're down a man the entire game. So yeah. I, I think that's kind of what happened there. And then, um, you know, Barclay Goodrow, he's, he's been playing through an injury as well. And uh, unfortunately, uh, this one would really hurt the Rangers if uh, if Philip Heedle is not able to go in game five and or the rest of the series. Because as you've seen, Adam, you know, you just mentioned a second ago that, uh, you know, Tampa fans, general hockey fans starting to know a little bit about Philip Heedle. He's been, uh, you know, the sniper on that kid line throughout this playoff run here. So that would be a killer to not have him. If, if the Rangers have to go without Heedle and Ryan Strom, that's your third and second line center, respectively. Now, the good news for the Rangers is they've got some other guys they can plug into center. If you have to be without those guys, you could slide Andrew Kopp from right wing over to center. Barclay Goodrow, as you know, Adam, he's a Swiss Army knife. He can play any line, any position. Um, so you could put him maybe at like third line center. But obviously, you're going to be losing a little bit of firepower if uh, if you have to go without one or both of those guys. And at this point, uh, it sounds like Gallant mentioned that they're both going to be game time decisions. Even if he did know whether they're going to play or not, I doubt very much that he would reveal that because there's no benefit to tipping your hand to, to Tampa and allowing them to game plan or, you know, whatever it might be. But, uh, yeah, obviously at this point, if you're a Ranger fan, all you can do is basically just keep your fingers crossed uh, that those two guys are going to be out there, or at least one of the two. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I speaking from experience over the last two years, it is tough when you have guys that are not only out of the lineup for uncertain amount of times, and, and it's very hard for a coach to game plan around that. But at the same time, um, these are guys that, you know, whether no matter how big or small, make contributions towards the success of your team. And, and I could say the same thing. Um, you know, obviously the big story surrounding the Lightning is, is Braden Point. Uh, nobody knows what, what's going to happen with Braden Point. He, he may, if the Lightning do advance to the Stanley Cup final and play Colorado, he might be back. Um, you know, I've also heard some things, and, and maybe this might be optim just pure optimism from my point of view as well, and, and I kind of agree with this kind of train of thought. I think if it goes to a game seven, he's well enough to play, we might see him then. But, yeah, it, it's whenever you lose a player, whether you're talking about Braden Point, Barkley Goodrow, a guy like Philip Edel, who, who, like I said, has really established himself as public enemy number one for Tampa fans, uh, it, it's difficult, but that's what the playoffs are all about, John. Uh, the playoffs are about, you know, battling through the injuries. We've we've heard all the stories of, of guys raising the cup with dislocated shoulders, skating around with torn ligaments in their knees. And, and that's what makes it so special. And, and the thing that really stuck out to me, and, 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 I, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention this on the show um, that I just thought of, what was what was so special to me last game was uh, Frank Vetrano, uh playing, uh, going and fighting against uh, Brandon Hagel. And, and how surprised were you about those two guys dropping the gloves? Yeah, it's funny. I was actually just about to ask you the same thing, man. We got to talk about, uh, you know, the the fight night there. Not fight night. There was only one fight, but you get the idea. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. I mean, a little bit surprised. I mean, you could kind of see it coming, though. You know, the, the play had been blown dead. And, you know, Hagel, not like a vicious cross check or anything, but he definitely put his stick into, into Vetrano's back a little bit. Vetrano took exception, kind of shoved him. And they're still kind of jawing and, and looking at each other. And nobody's backing down. And next thing you know, off come the gloves. Um. You know, it's a little surprising, but by that same token, I wouldn't say that I was, like, floored by it. You know, Vitrano, yeah. he came over to the Rangers at the trade deadline, so I feel like in some ways, you know, we're, as Ranger fans, we're all still kind of getting to know him a little bit. But, you know, the regular season games that he played with the Rangers and the postseason as well, uh, he is somebody that definitely plays a little bit of feistiness out there. He's yeah. not going to take any nonsense from anybody. I don't think he's somebody that necessarily goes looking for trouble, but probably won't shy away from it either. So, um, and at that point in the game, also, you're down 2 nothing, And, you know, every now and then you need some kind of a spark, whether, whatever it might be, a big hit, you know, a fight, whatever it takes to get your team going a little bit. I think that's maybe what he was trying to do. Um, don't know how well it really worked. But, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't completely shocked by it. But, um, you know, kudos to Vetrano for doing what he's got to do there to try to get the Rangers rolling a little bit. How about you, man? Were you surprised to see uh, the fight there? It kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, I was surprised just because Hagel – his primary role, uh, even though it really hasn't happened thus yet, you know, he's had a little bit of a, a go of it since coming over from the Chicago Blackhawks and all expectations of that after Lightning gave up two very young um, players who are who are already have shown that they can play at the NHL level level in uh, Boca Chuk and Taylor Radish. So uh, bringing bringing over Brandon Hagel to come over and just say, hey, don't worry about anything else. You All you need to do is score. And then you go ahead, goes ahead and he fights Frank for Frank for Toronto, who lightning fans. We are very familiar with who Frank for Toronto is uh, playing for the Panthers, playing in the same division of last year, last couple of years. So we, we know who he is. We know what he's capable of. Um, I am surprised, though, that those two dropped it. I think a lot of people, if you had the prop bet on Reeves and Maroon fighting first in the series, uh, you were very disappointed. 
when 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 you heard that they, they dropped the gloves, but it wasn't the guys that you wanted. I but I but I think that really you're right. It was Vetrano just trying to get start things going for his team. Um, and that sometimes that's all it takes. We've seen it here and there throughout the playoffs, uh, not only from our respective teams, but we've seen over the years uh, from from teams. And, and sometimes that's what it takes to win a championship. Um, but yeah, looking towards to, uh, game five. Now, I think, you know, at least in my mind, hopefully just because so the Lightning could go out there, just play their game and focus. I think at this point in the series, we've gotten a lot of the the big time physicality out of our system. Uh, and I think we're really going to start to see the the nitty gritty hockey things. And what, it, what I mean by that is, is we're going to start seeing the games between the games. Uh, we're going to see the little things along the boards. We're going to see those kind of kind of moments where, you know, play behind play behind the net, the neutral zone play, which has been a huge thing, a huge uh, factor all all series long. Um, I think we're done with the physical play. I think both teams have figured it out. I think the refs have done a very good job of keeping both these teams in line. Uh, I think we're going to see somewhat of a high scoring game. I think we're going to see maybe a four, three game. Uh, we might see a four, two game, something around that. I think uh, if you have the over under for five and a half, uh, I think you definitely want to bet the over on this, John. Um, what, what are you thinking about for, 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 uh, game five? Well, first of all, let me just kind of echo your sentiments there, Adam, because it's so easy for, and we've both done it. I mean, everybody who watches hockey has done it one time or another. But yeah, I think to your point there, I think the refs have done a pretty good job in this series, not letting things get out of control. It's the playoffs. It's the Eastern Conference final. You're always going to get a little bit of chippiness, a little bit of extracurriculars after the play. But again, nothing like too wild uh, where, you know, that kind of stuff is overshadowing the actual hockey game. So props to the refs, refs, yeah. excuse me for uh, maintaining control uh, throughout this series, at least so far. And, um, you know, let's let everybody know about Bilt Bar, and then I'll come yep. back to game five here, and I'll, I'll, I'll kind of give you my thoughts there as, as far as how this one might shake out. But uh, we definitely got to let everybody know about Bilt Bar. Uh, do you love a chewy, chocolatey brownie? What about a caramel brownie with caramel swirled on top? So good. What if I told you that you can have all that chewy, chocolatey deliciousness plus 17 grams of protein? You are in luck because Caramel Brownie Bars are available at Built.com right now, and you got to act fast because they are a fan favorite. Forget about dessert. These are better than dessert. And the best part, Caramel Brownie Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. With Built, you don't have to sacrifice tasty for healthy. You can have both. And as an... Uh, and all of Built's and all of Built's bars, there we go, are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. With Built, tasty is the new healthy. Go to Built.com to get your box of caramel brownie bars right now. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. And yeah, Adam, I think game five, you kind of hit the nail on the head there, man. I mean, I suppose there would still be some physicality. I don't think we're going to see anybody drop the gloves. You know, we talked about this when we did our post-game show after game one. If there's going to be feistiness and fights in a, in a playoff series, especially as you get deeper into the playoffs, usually earlier in the series is when it's going to happen, games two and three maybe, and in this case, game four. Uh, but at this point, you know, you can't risk taking an instigator penalty or something stupid and putting your team in a bad situation and, you know, maybe having your team shorthanded and giving up a goal that costs you the series and your season. So I don't think we're going to see any more uh, gloves being dropped. If it does happen, maybe in the first couple of minutes of game five, but I wouldn't even bet on that. I think this is kind of a, 
we're in a spot in this series where these players are, are going to play hockey and, and they're just going to let, you know, the team that plays better end up winning this series. I, I don't think this has been like an overly nasty series. So I think at this point, they're just going to uh, go out there and, and do what they do and, you know, may the best team win kind of a thing. And uh, as far as it being a high scoring game, I had uh three to two Rangers. I could see maybe four to three, um, but it's just with those two goalies, man, I, yeah. I, it's hard for me to bet on them giving up a ton of goals. You know how it is. So um, I would say probably we're looking at three, two Rangers could be one of those games where, you know, the Rangers go up two nothing Tampa closes at two, one, three, one Rangers back down to three, two, you know, one of those kinds of games where the Rangers are just barely hanging on and making us Ranger fans all lose our collective minds at the end of the <laughs> game. But uh, how about you, man? Any thoughts on this game five, you know, final prediction, somebody to score a goal and any certain way that you see this shaking out here. Really what I'm looking for, for from this game, and I think the rest of this series, is because I, it, it seems at certain times that the Lightning get away from what they're good at. Uh, I've spoken about it before with you as well as just on the show in general. And, and I think that the Lightning, uh, especially from, from game four, have realized that they need to to do a better job of populating the area in front of Igor Shesterkin, whether it results in goals or not. They know that for any goaltender, uh, that will give them fits, especially early on. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta create high levels of traffic while just throwing the puck on net and, and kind of let itself ping pong around. Uh, the Lightning have done a good job most times throughout this playoff run of doing that to opposing goaltenders. Uh, but I have to say though they 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 have not faced a goaltender this good as as Igor Shosturkin is, and so that definitely there lies the challenge. I think that we're gonna see Nikita Kucherov kind of just do his thing once again, uh, just kind of uh, hold on to the puck, just kind of see who's open and last minute either shoot or pass. I would prefer that he shoots that puck a little bit early on. I would expect that you're gonna see a lot more involvement out of the blue line. They did a better job in games three and four. But I think uh, we're, we're definitely going to see a lot more involvement out of guys like Eric Chernak and, and Jan Ruda and, and, and those those names. I mean, we've seen Victor Hedman. He's involved almost on every single play, especially when this team sets up. Uh, expect I, I think the one guy that you're going to see a big game out of, other than Steven Stamkos and some of the names I've already already spoken about, is Corey Perry. He's been on a roll this entire playoffs. He's really been the backbone. Of, of the leadership when it comes on the ice. Obviously, you have the big names, and and, and Steven Stamkos is the captain. But really, Corey Perry has solidified himself and only in his first year as one of the top leaders on this team. And, and you kind of see it not only on the bench but on the ice. When he's on the ice, everybody just gives him a glance, and, and they already know what's up. So I, I think, really, you're going to see a lot of chances for Corey Perry early on, and, and you're going to see uh, him maybe put one or two in the back of the net, whether it be as a goal or as an assist as well. Fair enough. And it's funny, I was actually going to ask you, there's one final question that I wanted to get to here, and it's actually one of my favorite questions to ask, you know, anytime we do these crossover episodes, whether it's with you or one of the other awesome Locked On hosts out there. But I always like to ask people if there's like a certain unsung hero, you know, for their team season. And, you know, obviously we're in the playoffs here, Adam. Is there anybody in game three and four for you on Tampa that really kind of stood out that maybe isn't getting, you know, as much attention as perhaps he should? I think he's getting a lot of attention, but... I think the obvious choice here, and and I and and I think both nation would collectively agree with me. Nick Paul, Nick Paul has just absolutely shocked the world since coming over from Ottawa at the trade deadline. Uh, some might might say it was a steal, and, and some might say that you know this this is really 
really should have been in a if if uh, Julian Brees boss wins GM of the year, this will be the trade that we look back on and say, yep, that that was the reason why. Uh, Nick Paul has really just from day one been able to 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 slide into this lineup and do everything that was asked of him. Uh, I actually kind of compare him to a bigger version of Barkley Goodrow. Uh, obviously, there's been a lot of talk this season about possibly replicating the production of that third line that Tampa ha- had over the last three years. And, and we all know, John, especially you and I, that it is very hard, especially at the high level that those three guys played at the last two years. That That's almost next to impossible. But Nick Paul has done a fantastic job at times, really almost playing – to all the strengths of all those guys that you saw on that team last year. And he's really, you know, especially alongside Ross Colton has done a fantastic job on that third line. Uh, John Cooper has felt free to move him down this lineup. He's currently on the second line with Steven Stamco. So that has really shown you how valuable he's been to this team and how clutch he has really been, especially, you know, everybody remembers that two goal performance in game seven of the first round against Toronto. So yeah, Nick Paul, and, and I'm going to throw that question back to you. Is there anybody on this Rangers team that has really been, you know, not getting as their due due credit. Yeah, I mean, I think Ranger fans are aware of this guy, but certainly on a national level, not too many people really take that much notice. I'm going to go with Tyler Mott. Uh, he actually had to miss a good chunk of the games in the playoffs, but uh, what a nice under-the-radar pickup by Chris Jury at the trade deadline. So you throw out a trade deadline acquisition, and I'm doing the same thing here. Uh, but he's just been, uh, he's just a buzzsaw, man. He's one of those guys that, plays every shift like it's his last. I thought he was really good in last night's game, and there's not too many Rangers that I would necessarily say that about. Um, It's interesting because I thought he created about as much offense and as many chances as just about any Ranger on the ice, which on one hand, that's great for Tyler Mott. On the other hand, when you've got a team of, you know, Panarin and Mika and Kreider and Fox, you probably need a little bit more from those guys. But Mott's been great, and he's been a a huge part of the Ranger penalty kill as well. As you know, Adam, uh, Tampa's got no shortage of stars and guys that can create offense and put the puck in the net. And so uh, I think the Rangers have done a pretty good job against their power play overall. And Tyler Mott, obviously, uh, you know, playing a big role in that. So I I would go with Tyler Mott as kind of the unsung hero. Yeah, I would have to agree with you. I think he's one of those guys uh, because Tampa have – have a certain uh, a number of guys on their team as well that you know they're not necessarily going to light up the stat sheet every night but you're going to know that you're going to feel their presence on the ice uh you know i kind of look at mod as somewhat in a similar way to anthony sorelli anthony sorelli has has he's one of those guys that he he's been struggling to really put up the points here and there but i thought i think you know he's been doing a really good job just letting his presence be felt And, and you know that's something that as as especially you know with the amount of with the, the the variety of players that we have here in Tampa, I could definitely admire the the body of work that Mott has do, done throughout the series. Unfortunately, it's against my team, but you know what, uh, occupational hazard, I guess. But uh, so yeah, we'll we'll I, I'm excited to see how this series goes because I I just feel like you know just when we know we what's going to happen. I, I just feel like we see another layer of the onion be peeled off with both our teams. And, and, and I'm really excited to see really how it all shakes down. I, I, I think that regardless of who wins uh, t- uh, tonight, because we are filming this Wednesday. So this is coming out Thursday. So who, who films tonight, who wins tonight? I, I really think that it's the story hasn't been written yet. I think really this is going to go to seven. I think we're going to end this series in New York and, and it's going to be an absolute banger of an ending. Yeah, I totally agree, man. I, I think one way or another, this probably ends up going seven and it's this series has been everything we expected and more, you know, just uh, two excellent teams going at it. And, uh, you know, regardless of what happens, it's been ama- an amazing run for the Rangers. And uh, it's great that uh, they're going toe to toe with the, 
two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. I want more than anything for the Rangers to win this series, but uh, regardless of what happens, this is obviously a very positive experience for for this team going forward. But fingers crossed that they can just kind of hold serve at home in Madison Square Garden and once again take the upper hand in this series here. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. And I'm sure my Locked On NHL co-host, Chris Masilli, who's also the host of Locked On Avalanche, is probably sitting there just just licking his finger, licking his chops, getting ready for you know these two teams to beat up more on each other and just wait for whoever limps into the Stanley Cup final. But I'm, in the I'm me- jealous of him, man. He, he gets to just kick back and relax and watch these teams beat each other up. He just, he yeah. gets, he's on easy street right now. Yeah, I'm almost I'm – almost, I'm almost worried, you know, about what he's going to say to either one of us because Chris won't hold back, man. Chris won't hold back. So uh, get ready for that. Uh, But (laughs) why don't you tell everybody, especially my listeners, where you could find your show? Yeah, so uh, the show, you can find this anywhere you are either watching this podcast or listening to this podcast. It is on that same platform. And as far as where to find the show on social media, on Twitter, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And you can also follow me on there, at JChick. 17 and how about you adam and where can they find you and your show you can find the show anywhere if it's on audio anywhere audio platforms are distributed and if you're watching us please go ahead and follow us and subscribe to the show on youtube and give the show a follow on our social media platforms at lo underscore lightning on twitter as well as locked on underscore lightning on instagram you can follow me at danky dank d-e-n-k-y d-a-n-k Locked on Lightning listeners, please go ahead and give John some flack because, you know, I, I feel go ahead and do it. Let him know that you are listening, that that you're not going to stand for this absolute slanderous talk that some of his fans are talking about our Lightning. So, John, uh, always a blast having these. I feel like it's come full circle ever since uh, you, you kind of brought me into the Locked on family. I feel like this is a day that's been coming for a long time now and it's finally coming full circle. Yeah. I was happy to do it, man. You know, we had some good times with NHL.com, MLB.com. I knew you'd do a great job with this. And it's crazy because I've been meaning to talk to you about this too. But I remember last season we did a crossover. You know, the Rangers were kind of scuffling a little bit. And I, yeah. I made the joke like, oh, man, we'll do this again in the Eastern Conference Final. And here we are. It's here one year are. later. And we're 2-2 in the Eastern Conference Final. Pretty it, crazy stuff. It, it's pretty crazy that, you know, the New York kid who hosts the Lightning Show uh, is in <laughs> three three years in a row in the in the Conference Finals is playing New York teams. Uh, yep, how about so, it, man? Wild but stuff. yeah, Wild but yeah, stuff. we'll have to do it after the series for a recap and uh, may the best team win. Absolutely, uh, sounds good, man. We'll talk soon. And-